Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. It is a new week, a Monday edition of the show. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Hope they enjoyed their St. Paddy's Day and had fun watching some college basketball during March Madness. I know my co-host Scott Reynolds did. I'm your host, Matt Matera, and as I just mentioned, Join with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, Scott Reynolds. And Scott, we got to see him. We saw Baker Mayfield today, the first time that he was in the building for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Potentially your starting quarterback for the Bucs, at least in the competition for it. But uh, a lot to get into with yeah. Mr. Mayfield today. Yeah, certainly. Uh, it was, was cool to see Baker Mayfield, right? He's, uh, you know, number one overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner out of Oklahoma. And, uh, and certainly is going to be counted on to provide some good competition. I think he's the leader, right, in terms of the, this quarterback competition. I think he really would have to screw up or Kyle Trask really play just, uh, you know, above what we've seen to win the starting job. I, I think that, uh, that you know, as I wrote about in yesterday's uh, uh, column on, on Baker Mayfield and PeterReport.com, he brings a lot of things to the Buccaneers, and one of those is the fact that he's a young guy. He's 27 years old. He'll be 28 next month. So, Matt, in years past, the Buccaneers, when they've gotten veteran quarterbacks, it's been 43-year-old Tom Brady. It's been 33-year-old Brad Johnson. It's been 37-year-old Jeff Garcia. Uh, even uh, Brian Greasy, I think, was 29. So you're getting a, a player now who, if he if he can you know have a good year in this Dave Canales quarterback friendly system, and who knows what it's going to look like, but let's just you know put our pewter glasses on for a minute. If if he can shine in this offense, and let's say he wins the starting job, gets a contract extension, uh, you may have a guy here that you can count on for you know for several years in in the the long haul. And I think that's what Baker wants too. We talked about that today about yeah. wanting stability. He's had uh, four different teams now within the span of a year from Cleveland to Carolina to the Rams to the Buccaneers. And he has said what Tom Brady has said before, which is when you have that head coach quarterback continuity, it can really lead to some long-term success. And that's something Baker Mayfield's looking for, something he really hasn't found yet in his NFL career. Yeah, it's a good point for everybody that – then Baker certainly has his detractors, and understandably so. But, you know, he went to arguably the most cursed quarterback franchise of all time with the Cleveland Browns, and maybe that doesn't excuse the play of Baker Mayfield, but you go through a lot of different coaches and, and coordinators, and then you think, all right, well, maybe a fresh start is kind of the way to go. But let's remember, like, Baker Mayfield didn't get to choose the Carolina Panthers, if I'm not right. mistaken. Like, they traded him to the Panthers, and – as Bailey Adams pointed out when I was chatting with him, like that probably wasn't even the best fit. It was just the only team that was willing to trade for right. Baker Mayfield at the time because the the Browns had gotten the Sean Watson. And then the, the Rams thing was so late in the season and it was out of necessity because Matt yeah. Stafford was hurt and everyone else was injured. So this offseason is really the first time that Baker Mayfield is able to kind of choose his own surrounding, which I think it's a great point, man. It's a great point. As you mentioned, with even even with the Rams, he was claimed off waivers, right? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people thought he was going to go to the 49ers. And who knows if Baker Mayfield goes to the 49ers, maybe they win the Super Bowl, right? But I'm just saying, uh, 
even then, the Rams were picking ahead of the 49ers in, exactly. in the waiver wire process. So this is the first time Baker's had a chance to choose where he wants to play football. Now, he probably didn't have a whole bunch of options, right? He only signed for one year and $4 million. But he did choose the Buccaneers, and we, we saw some of that chip on his shoulder. And uh, I think that's going to bode well for both he and the team this year in, in training camp. Yeah, it was interesting talking to Baker today. And, you know, a lot was drummed up about his personality back in the day. Because remember, he came firing onto the scene. Yeah. He, you know, against uh, your rival, Kansas Jayhawks, a fake fictional bird. You know, right. he, he got into some issues there and his personality. That's what made me love of, Baker Mayfield when he grabbed yeah. his crotch <laughs> and, and uh, when, when right, the Jayhawks refused to shake his hand. Mm-hmm. At at midfield, this is when OU was playing at KU. Yes, uh, he went out there to to extend the, his hand. The KU people at the coin toss, they you know they didn't shake his hand, and he said, "Okay, it's on." And he absolutely roasted the Jayhawks, which is always fun to see. Yeah, so he's been a, a pretty big figure, um, balancing on the line of cocky and confident, and yeah. you know that's kind of carried with him for better or for worse throughout his whole NFL career too, maybe sometimes to a fall. And I, I don't necessarily blame him for being a guy that gets fired up. It's in a weird right. way. Fans will like use that against you. If you, if you're not like performing well, that's but a great point. If, if you get, if you don't perform well in the first place, usually fans are going to like clown on you anyway. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I always thought that it was interesting that that was such a big topic today, which, We'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah. But we do have a super chat from our guy, Adam. A very super chat. He gave us a huge super chat on <laughs> Thursday's you. show and backs it up today. Thank you so much, Adam. You really are the best. Adam says, I think Baker finds his way with this team. I think new offensive coordinator is perfect for him. And I also I think too. Tampa is a good market for him. Yeah. Let's get him a good running game. You talked about that. And let this dude pay. Uh, what are y'all thoughts? Love the show, boys. Adam, thanks again for the Thank comment. Thank you so much, Adam. Very kind of you. Uh, but, you know, he did mention that there is going to be an emphasis on the run game. So yeah. shout out to Rashad White and now Chase Edmonds. That was uh, the Bucks were pretty busy this weekend with they signings were very and, busy. and re-signings. Um, they re-signed friend of the program Pat O'Connor. Always good Peter to see. Report broke the no- the news that uh, they signed defensive tackle Greg Gaines uh, yeah. to play for the Rams and was college teammates with Vita Vea. And then they signed. They also signed Chase Edmonds um, over the weekend or uh, on Friday. So yeah, the the running back room is pretty much coming together now. Um, that obviously doesn't preclude the the Buccaneers from drafting one probably later in, in this year's NFL draft, maybe fifth, sixth, or seventh round. But to get back to Baker, um, you know, he talked about working with Dave Canales, but specifically, we all understand it's a one year deal and. It could go a number of different ways. He could be the backup. He could be a great starter. He could be a bad starter, and he's looking for a new team next year. But the thing that he really emphasized and made important was, for better or for worse, this contract with the Bucs, it's all about building his resume. And if things work out well, then yeah, I'm sure he would sign on and the Bucs would sign on to bring him back for multiple seasons, kind of like what the – the Seattle Seahawks have done with, with Geno Smith, but you got to take it a step at a time. You know, I'm not yeah. crazy optimistic about the Bucs right now, but I think it's important. This is a mutual agreement right now. The Bucs yeah. need a starter for next season. Maybe it's a stopgap type of guy and Baker needs to revive his career. So it's all about building it's the great fit this season. It really is. It, that, that again is a great point, Matt. And, and I think too, you know, Baker Mayfield knows in, 
he didn't say he's been humbled by this process, but but I I almost think that that, that he has because when you go from team to team to team, you become a journeyman quarterback. That's just that's yeah. that's the the moniker that fits for your your place in the NFL at that point in time. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Baker's there right now, right? I mean, it's like you go from being the franchise guy, the number one overall pick in Cleveland, mm -hmm. to he gets hurt. They want Deshaun Watson instead. He's jettisoned to Carolina. That doesn't work out. He asks for his release. He goes to L.A. Now he's on the Tampa Bay. All of a sudden, I mean, if it doesn't work out here, this is how quickly it happens in the NFL. If it doesn't work out here, you're going to be relegated to being a perennial backup. Right. You're, you're going to be the next Andy Dalton, the next yeah. Jameis Winston, where that's the Marcus, Marcus Mariota. That's just who you are. You're going to be maybe a placeholder starter. Uh, maybe you get another chance. Mariota got a chance to start in Atlanta this year when they didn't really have anybody. They drafted the Desmond Ritter in the third round. We'll see how that pans out. Um, and then you're hoping for an opportunity like Geno Smith had. Yeah. Right. Where where you go to the right team, right? place right time right fit and it works for you and you kind of revive your career but that's where baker is right now this is kind of a make or make or break year for baker and he knows it and and, and i i think that he's got enough of a chip on his shoulder that like you said so eloquently put matt baker needs the bucks the bucks need him usually when that happens good things happen mm -hmm. because everybody's kind of rowing the boat in the same direction and we'll see what happens. We can't count out Kyle Trask. Who knows? There could be an injury situation too. This team is, is counting on Trask to make Baker better and counting on Baker to make Trask better. And, and in turn, the Buccaneers hope to get better. And I, I asked him today if coming in at, at the ground floor, when they're installing the offense for everybody, right? This is not a situation yep. where this is the Bruce Arians offense. Kyle Trask got a couple of years with a head start on the playbook and, and the, the players he's going to be throwing to and blocking for him already have that head start. No, everyone's coming in at the ground floor. And he didn't say that it would really help him, but it does help him. It, it gives him, uh, or I should say this, it doesn't necessarily give him an advantage, but it doesn't put him at a disadvantage either where he's having to play catch up. Correct. If anything, Baker, in a weird way, somewhat has the advantage because of Dave Canales' connections yeah. to the Los Angeles Rams. Not a huge connection, and Baker said himself, I was there for like five weeks. Right. <laughs> you know, so it wasn't, he, yeah. wasn't like he knew the, uh, the entire ins and outs of the offense. Uh, but Baker, starting off to your point about switching to all these different teams, being a journeyman, uh, is the first question where you asked him, and he started talking about a couple different things, he said, I wouldn't have said that I'd put on three different uniforms in the year 2022, but that's how it happens. You got to learn from it, roll with the punches. So, yeah. um, whoa, whoa, whoa. He, did he say roll? He, he did said roll. say roll. He did say wow. roll. Wow. It's 414, Matt. In six minutes, we're going to have something called roll call. Tell us where you're at, pewter people. We have awesome fans from all across the globe from the U.S. to international as well. This is just a fun way to interact with our oh, We love Mondays, Matt. Fans. We get roll yeah. call. Mondays, for the most part, no one looks forward to Mondays unless it's Monday Night Football. But the yeah. podcast is always – it's fun every day, but especially we love on it. Monday where uh, one of us will go on a rant or just something that we uh, feel like talking about. And we'll have our fans at 420. You see some people doing it right now. Yeah, hold Shout on, Shout out hold on, Eugene and Gaming Five Wizards. minutes. 
Five minutes. Five minutes. Start doing minutes. what they just did, though. Yeah. We uh, just want to put you all on notice. Yeah, we're back not- and forth lock on Mondays. 420 is the time. So we're just putting you on notice. You got five minutes. Get your get your your comments ready and yeah. uh and we'll roll. Um, Matt, I'll let you do the honors today, and you can maybe talk about some of the, the things that Baker talked about at the press conference and yeah. maybe set up some of the video clips that we have. But um um, but yeah, hang on to your seats there. But as you were saying though, Matt, I mean, he, I think he, he knows what his role is going to be. And I think the mature thing about what Baker said was, you know, this is the first time he's been in a backup situation. He was a starter in Cleveland, the undisputed yeah. starter. It's the first overall pick. He had to come into training camp in, in uh, Carolina and battle Sam Darnold for that job. Right? Which is crazy because they were part of the same draft class. Baker yeah. was the first pick, and Sam Darnold was, yeah. I think, the third or the fifth. So. Right. And Darnold gets hurt in the preseason. Baker kind of wins it. I'm not saying he wasn't going to win it, but yeah. kind of wins it by default. But but now it's a different experience for Baker. Now he, you know, he's, he's going in and having to compete for the job, so that's something new. So this won't phase him here in Tampa because he had to do it last year. Then you have a situation where, you know, he gets hurt and then he's on the bench and PJ Walker's in there doing his thing. And so now he's got to learn how to be a backup. And that's something that's new for him. So I like the fact that he's had a couple of new experiences elsewhere. So he's not, uh, it's not a shock to the system here in Tampa. If he doesn't win the starting job for some reason, if Trask beats him out, uh, that that's, uh, I don't say the norm for him, but he's, he's yeah. been there and done that now. So so uh, I think either way, whether he he comes out of this as the starter through a training camp battle that he's never had before outside of last year, or you know if Trask ends up rising to the occasion and, and fulfills that second round draft billing and ends up being a guy that surprises everybody, I I like this version of Baker Mayfield for the Buccaneers, Matt. I mean, it's kind of his last shot. So one way or another, he has to he has to make it work, and hopefully Dave Canales can do that. I don't want to change subjects too much but we got yeah. a super chat from rob jackson thank you for the 499 super chat yeah, he followed up with that. a question you super chat us we will go in any direction that's really. right uh and anyway rob says now there's news that left tackle jonah williams wants to be traded has super bowl experience and could be had for as low as a third round pick should the bucks want to grab him to replace donovan smith and keep Worfs at right tackle definitely interesting i mean obviously with the the Bengals signing uh, Orlando Pace that yeah. uh you know that kind of takes Jonah Williams out of the mix. I'm not exactly sure what his contract situation is right now if he's still on um his rookie deal or if he signed an extension. I usually just go back to the Bucks don't have too much money to really work with. Yeah. The Bucks were bargain hunting to begin exactly. this free agency and they've done a fantastic job. I think Jonah Williams, whether he wants an extension eventually, yeah. is eventually going to be too far out of uh, the box. Right, price right now, it looks like for. Jonah Williams is on his fifth-year option in Cleveland. Remember, he was a first-round draft pick, 11th overall. I said Cleveland, I meant Cincinnati. Uh, so he's in his fifth-year option with the Bengals, $12.6 million. So if you're going to trade for him, if you're the Buccaneers, you got to have $12.6 million worth of cap space right now to do so. And so that's prohibitive right there. They can't, they don't have the cap room to literally acquire that contract. So that's, that probably takes that off the table. Then if you, if you trade for him, even if it's a third or fourth round pick, then you have to, you know, to make it worthwhile, you've, you've got to extend him. And, 
and, and you're extending him for what he did in, in Cincinnati, not what he's done for you in Tampa Bay. So that might be a little tricky, and I'm just not sure if the Buccaneers want to, to, to burn a draft pick on a player that might be a one-year rental if he doesn't really pan out here. I think he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, um, th- there's probably going to be an offensive tackle. I wrote about this in today's uh, Bucks uh, mailbag. Going to be an offensive tackle. Ant- Anton Harrison from Oklahoma, Paris Johnson from Ohio State, uh, Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Uh, from yeah. Tennessee, you've got Broderick Jones from Georgia. One of those guys I would expect would be there at number 19, just like Tristan Wirfs fell to the Buccaneers. Buccaneers actually were at number 13. They traded yeah. up one spot to 12 to get him, but he was within range of the Bucs getting him. And of course, the Buccaneers lucked out with the best one. But um, I, I just think that they're going to go offensive tackle in the first round now, the way free agency is, has shaped up. So, uh, Matt, uh, let's go back to some Baker Mayfield conversation, my friend. It is 420, and that means. It's roll call. As we said before, we want to know where you at, pewter people. So I'm going to start talking about Baker Mayfield and uh, playing some videos of him from his inaugural press conference with the Tampa Bay media in his uh, first time at the Bucks building. Uh, do a little like recap of some stuff. And in the meantime, as Edward Fernandez started doing on the screen, Scott will put up the location of where you guys are were watching from so yeah it was really interesting seeing baker mayfield for the first time because he does have that personality he's a polarizing figure which the bucks are addicted to having uh polarizing figures and you never know like what you're going to get until you see him in person um we talked a little bit earlier about the personality that baker came in with getting into the league and and where he's at now. And you know, he kind of talked about, because I think he got asked a really good question. It was about, well, what if you don't win this job? Like, yeah. are you going to be okay with that? And he's like, I mean, you should see the last two seasons where I've been a backup. And and uh, I, I think that kind of speaks for itself. I feel like Baker, <laughs> I, I was saying this earlier as um, a, after the press conference was done. Baker kind of has a smirk to him a lot of the times when he's answering questions. And Scott, as you pointed out, he wasn't doing it in like a mean type of way. It's just kind of the person who he is. And yeah. the way he was smirking, it's almost like he has something up his sleeve. Like he has an inside joke on the entire room, but he's the only yeah. one in on it. And right. um, I get the sense that Baker, while he's had a lot of struggles over the past two years, yeah. I think he feels comfortable with who he is. And he knows if he's like fully healthy, because that was the big thing. He said it was night and day different. The fact that this off season, he's got a full off season. He's not rehabbing an injury. He's ready and he's good to go. I think Baker knows that he's got a lot more to show than people realize. And yeah. a lot of it is because of the injuries that he's dealt with. Now, how durable can he be? I think that's a really important question yeah. going into this year, but I'll start off with the video of just Baker talking about what interested him about Tampa playing with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and just, you know, what, what he's looking to expect coming to Tampa. Uh, for me, you know, honestly, just trying to stay patient with it. Um, it was kind of, a, I think as everybody else was thinking, kind of a domino effect with the quarterback market right now, but just trying to wait and be patient and, and see what the best fit would be. And with an organization like this that has had success uh, in, Obviously, for for a while and in as recent years as well, um, it's important to me to, to be in a place that's stable and 
uh, knows how to win, knows how to do it properly. And um, you know, I've gotten to, gotten to see different things uh, from from my journey that is not exactly how I drew it up, but um, it's it's helped along the way, and especially to make a decision like this. And I want to go somewhere that we can win right away, and this is that place. Obviously, you head in, head first. I mean, it's uh, the only way I know how to do it. So uh, I'll be here and enjoying the process of getting to know everybody. To me, that's what makes football the best team sport on earth. It is, uh, it's so much more than the X's and O's on the field. You have to trust your guys. Uh, you have to know them uh, in and out and, and, and know what their family situations are like, get to know why they're wired a certain way. And that's what's so special about the quarterback position is uh, you got to know how to push people. you got to know how to relate to them. If somebody needs a little kick in the butt, then do that or put your arm around them. Everybody's different, and that's what I love about it. So my approach is to just dive head first and go all in and, and just uh, enjoy the process. Lots on getting to play with them. Yeah, anytime you get to play with playmakers like that, uh, it, it obviously makes your job easier, but they're so experienced and they've, they've seen a lot as well. So um, I'm excited to get the opportunity to play with them and Russell as well. You know, obviously uh, him sticking around was a big decision for him. So I'm just eager to get to know those guys and, and work together. Thank you. That last video, he was talking about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and then went out of his yeah. way to give a shout out to, to Russell Gage, just yeah. like Dave Canales did in his uh, introductory press conference. So, yeah. James Russell Truitt says, man, you guys are trying to make Baker work. If you only supported Trask as much, Baker has failed at a few places already. Yes, he has. There's no doubt. He's on his fourth team. That's that's clear. At the same time, though, I mean, uh, we're going to be fair. We're going to be fair to Kyle Trask and not saying this competition's over by any means. Is it safe to say that given his experience that Baker Mayfield is the leader in the clubhouse for the starting quarterback job? Yeah, it is. But it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Baker has yet to throw a pass in Tampa in an OTA in mini camp or training camp. And, and, and Kyle Trask is going to have an opportunity, a much more fair and clear opportunity this year than he had even last year with Blaine Gabbert. Uh, trying to beat him out for the number two job. So, um, listen, the Buccaneers win either way. Jason Light wins either way. Todd Bowles wins either way. Either their uh, draft pick, Kyle Trask, rises to the occasion and gets the quarterback job, Matt, or their free agent signing, Baker Mayfield, rises up and gets the quarterback position. So, either way, the Buccaneers win. They just want to see the best man win the job. And I think right now that – they're going according to plan. They said they were going to bring in a veteran with experience to compete with Kyle Trask, and that veteran's Baker Mayfield. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm looking at this with a pretty open mind for uh, you know for the the competition when it comes to training camp. Baker obviously has the experience, as you said. The, there's no argument there. Baker has right. way more experience than Kyle Trask. And Kyle Trask, while it's a new system, you know, he's been around this team in the locker room. He's familiar with with Tampa. So, I mean, may the best man win. I'm happy with whoever ends up yeah. winning for the Bucs. And uh, I think Bucs Baseman makes a good point. Thank you for the super chat. And this is a different way of looking at, yeah. at either way okay. they win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, either way, Bucs win. Either we win a crappy division and get in the dance or we suck. Get a high draft pick. Lots of cap space. And Bowles is fired. Yeah, that that there is you kind go. of which I thought was kind of interesting. And I don't expect Baker Mayfield to know the ins and outs of like every single situation that's going on with the Bucks. But part of it, shout out Tony with that. Um, part of the reason that he wanted to come to Tampa is like they've they've won the past couple of seasons. 
and this place has stability. And I was kind of thinking like, well, if they don't win this year, it's going to be very unstable because Todd Bowles may not be back and you might have an offensive coordinator that's only one and done. Again, I'm not blaming Baker Mayfield for not being exactly up to date with every single thing about, um, you know, about the the Bucks background and what's been going on yep. behind the scenes as of late. Uh, I do want to get to this video again, the, the whole personality thing. I loved this answer that Baker Mayfield had to say about people worrying about his, his personality and that type of thing. Yeah. So he answers that. And then he goes into what type of person he is. How would he describe himself? So uh, let's get back to Baker. I enjoy playing this game and, you know, my personality might rub people the wrong way, but I, I am who I am and that's how I was raised to be. Um, I'm not trying to, you know, play to, to be your friend or to uh, impress you. I'm doing it because I love it and I'm doing it because I love my teammates. And I think all my teammates would, would say the same. Um, behind closed doors, they knew who I really am and that's what really matters, you know, between my family and, uh, and trusting that. So, uh, it is what it is. I'm not. I'm not too worried about the outside uh, persona. Baker, you want to promise? Ooh, is this for my mom or? Is this <laughs> uh, no, I, I. I'm a. I'm a good leader. I. I care about all my teammates, the people that are around me in my inner circle. Um, I'll take a bullet for you if I really know who you are and I and I trust you and, I, and I'll do that no matter what. Um, and I, I just love having fun. I do. I, I love playing this game. I enjoy it. I love the process about it too. There's something to be said. Success is success, but you have to go through the process and the work to enjoy it. And so um, I love that part about it. I'm, a, you know, I like to grind. You've been part. Yeah, Matt, I've got two interesting fun facts to to spit at you here. Number one, uh, out of all the quarterbacks that have signed so far in the NFC South, and we're talking about Andy Dalton, right in Carolina, uh, Taylor Heineke in Atlanta, and then of course Derek Carr in New Orleans. The only veteran free agent quarterback, the only quarterback in the NFC South period that has a postseason win to his credit is Baker Mayfield. He's one and one. Andy yeah. Dalton is is 0 and 4. Uh, Derek Carr is 0 and 1. And so is Taylor Heineke. So Baker Mayfield has at least that going for him. He is the winningest postseason quarterback in the NFC South right now. So for all the Saints fans out there that are all giddy about Derek Carr, you know, win a playoff game, I guess. The second little fun fact I'm going to drop your way, Matt, is the fact that, you know, Celsius, it's, it's a fantastic energy drink. You know that? It's not only is it fantastic. a fantastic energy drink, it is the official energy drink of Pewter Report and the official presenting sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Why? Because Celsius thinks we're awesome, just like we think that they're awesome. And we think you're awesome, Pewter people. That's why we love having you here on Mondays to do roll call. And the roll call I'm going to do right now is about Celsius, Fantasy Vibe, Orange, Lemon Lime. Love it. Arctic Vibe, Tropical Vibe, Peach Vibe. We've got Wild Berry, Strawberry Guava, Watermelon. Uh, Folks, I could spend the next 40 minutes of the podcast going through all the flavors at Celsius, but we just don't have that much time. But what I do have time to tell you is this. Go to Celsius.com. Click on the store locator. Find Celsius near you, whether it's at a convenience store, a health and fitness store, 
whether it is at uh, a grocery store or what's that other term I'm looking for, Matt? That would be a bodega. 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 And then try it. You're going to love it. You know why? Because the tastes exactly like what the can says. It's packed with flavor. And not just that, there's no sugar. That means there's no sugar crash. You get all the energy you need. So go to Amazon, buy them in bulk, or just find a Celsius at your nearest bodega. Check it out. Your nearest bodega. Um, this last video we'll play from Baker Mayfield. Um it sort of ties in with the um, everything with the, the the personality of him, but Baker's always been a pretty confident guy in himself. Like, let's remember his story. He wasn't recruited much out of high school. He mentions that in this video. Right. That's why he had to walk on to Oklahoma and and bide his time, and then eventually, you know, became a starter and a future Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. Um, but you know, not a lot. Of, he's really had to work for a lot of things that that he's achieved in in his career and sure if you want to say he's a bust yeah but i mean the fact that he even got to this point i mean that's more than anyone else he's that, a self-made uh, man yeah. saying he is very much a self-made man i think a lot of that comes from the attitude i i jokingly yeah. said on Twitter he's been doubted a lot right i mean yes, he's, he's short doesn't have the biggest hands uh, he doesn't look like the prototypical quarterback right and wow. yet he won the heisman trophy um was the first overall draft pick whether that was the right or wrong move by Cleveland, you know, hey, listen, Cleveland's going to Cleveland, right? They gave guaranteed yeah, money to Deshaun Watson of all people. And, you know, uh, now you got DeMaurice Smith who's bitching and complaining. Well, all the NFL players should get guaranteed money like the they gave Deshaun Watson. It's actually a really, really bad idea. And not just that, I, I applaud the league for not just following suit just because Deshaun Watson, just because the Browns were stupid enough to guarantee a quarterback. Um, you know, his entire contract doesn't mean the rest of the NFL has to follow suit. So call it collusion, call it whatever you want. I'm glad the NFL said, no, no, thank you. We're not going to guarantee money to a player that could get hurt and or go to jail or whatever. And then we're out all this money. So I agree with you that the contract that the Browns gave Deshaun Watson was absolutely stupid, especially yeah. when you look at this Lamar Jackson situation and Lamar's like, this guy didn't even play for a year and a half and has right. horrible allegations about him. Yeah. He gets everything guaranteed, and I don't. I yeah. get it from the NFL standpoint. I do feel for the players, though, man. I mean, like, that. you look at, you know, basketball, baseball, those are all guaranteed contracts. And we all know football is the number one sport in America. Yeah. Like, the NFL brings in billions of dollars year in and year out. They make more money every year forcing the players and the players right. – the, the revenue share as well, but the, you add another game to the season. You got to play on Thursdays because they got to deal with Amazon Prime. I feel for the players a little bit that they don't get guaranteed contracts when all the other leagues around. Yeah, but but we, how know. many people are on an NBA roster, Matt? What are we talking, 14? Yeah, there's not right. as many. That's, that's 14 bodies right. compared to 53 bodies in the NFL. Did you going to have to guarantee all of those contracts? Right, I mean, just sure, just maybe the, not sure. all of them, but if I'm a star player on a team, I, yeah. I think you definitely can make a case for wanting that guaranteed contract. Know, like I, offensively, the linemen play the whole time, the quarterback plays the whole time. You change in a couple of wide receivers; it's mostly the same guys. Yeah, like you know, you have no more than 16, 17 players that are like moving in on offense and defense. You got special teams as well, but I get your point. Like there, it's fifty-three versus. You know, baseball, I think it's 25, and basketball, yeah, it's no more right. than 15. 
But anyway, that's a discussion for another yep. day. Uh, let's get back to our guy, Baker Mayfield. Um, this is him, again, talking about believing himself, leadership, what qualities he has uh, or wants to have in a leader, what he brings as a leader, and uh, I'll let the video speak for itself. Um, tell you what, it's night and day different from this time right now to, to last year. I was sitting at home doing rehab for my shoulder last year and not really knowing what was next. Um, that's why I'm, I'm really excited about being here and knowing what, you know, where I'm going to be at, what I get to dive into playbook-wise, teammates, and, and, and get to know everybody. So uh, I don't know if words would really describe it correctly, but uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for this next journey that my wife and I and our, our new puppy are going to be taking on. So uh, we're ready for it. Yeah, um, definitely capable of withstanding a lot more than I thought. Um, and then just knowing that no matter what role I'm in, I have a lot to offer. Um, and like I said, last year when I wasn't starting in Carolina, how can I make our team better? Because this, this is the greatest team sport on earth. How can I help out? How can I make sure that everybody uh, is on the same page? How can I make sure that I'm using my experience or being another voice for the quarterback or the coaches um, where we might not be relaying it correctly? So, I mean, it's just there's so many things that I can possibly do, even if I'm not playing, that I'm excited to do that here. You are. Um, to me, to, to be at the top of your, your game, uh, whatever industry you're in, you have to you have to be wired internally to believe in yourself um, and sometimes trick yourself that nobody else believes in you. And, and some, some of the greats, um, I, I enjoy looking at some, some of the greats in all sports that how they've prepared, and, and that's how you do it. You gotta believe in yourself. And fortunately, I was a late bloomer growing up, so I didn't have a lot of recruiting coming out of high school. So that helped uh, wire me a certain way to only have that self-confidence, and uh, I've carried on on since. And, um, that's that's the infectious part about me that I try and get to have my other teammates feel as well. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, being fortunate to be on a, a few teams is, is picking different leadership styles. And everybody does it differently, and the best ones do it in their own way. And so um, for me, being more of a vocal guy, if I don't think something has been really communicated all the way through somebody might not understand it take the second or minute or two whatever it is to make sure that everybody's on the same page uh, making sure that we as an organization as a football team we're on the same page to where we have the same goal in mind and we're heading in the same direction this is, this is kind of a, a make or break situation for you not necessarily make or break i, I view it as a um, the start of my next chapter whatever that might be whether it's for longer years to come here in Tampa or whatever it is. I'm building my resume. That's kind of what I was getting to earlier, building yep. the resume, hoping hoping for success in Tampa, but, yep. uh, you know, leaving everything open. So, Yeah. Yeah, well, you look at what the Buccaneers have done in free agency so far. We got to meet with with um, with Baker Mayfield today. Uh, Jamel Dean and Anthony Nelson had their press conference last week. It's it's kind of remarkable because you and I were kind of uh, anticipating a, a kind of a lackluster, fingers crossed kind of free agency period. But when you look at, at the Buccaneers uh, big board, as we call it, mm-hmm. you know, this is the, the players in green, are the ones that were re-signed, changed the, the color coding a little bit here. The ones in red are still available. The black uh, uh, designation means they're signed with other teams. So Mike Edwards over the weekend signed with Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And you got Sean Murphy Bunting today, who is signing with the Tennessee Titans. So uh, Edwards is gone. Sean Murphy Bunting is gone. We we anticipated Sean Murphy Bunting 
not coming back. They're either, either going to be able to re-sign Jamel Dean, and that probably meant Sean Murphy Bunting going elsewhere, or if Dean was going to price himself out of Tampa, maybe they bring Sean Murphy Bunting back as kind of a bridge guy just because mm-hmm. he has experience in this offense on kind of a similar deal to what he's getting in Tennessee, where it's you know at, at most 4 to $5 million. So uh, th- this is the free agent signing so far for the Buccaneers. It's a longer list than you might think. Jamel Dean, four years. Anthony Nelson, two years. All the rest of the players here, Levante David, Baker Mayfield, Nick Leverett, Chase Edmonds, Greg Gaines, Pat O'Connor, Dee Delaney, Cam Gill, Aaron Stinney. Those are the signings so far. All of those guys got one-year deals, uh, kind of one-year prove-it deals uh, from from the team. And and uh, I, I, I'm getting word that Will Golston is, is going to be coming back. That's That's what the team hopes. And I hope to see, and I know you do too, Matt, Logan Ryan coming back at least for the Buccaneers. Yes. And and Carl Nassib, I think there's a place for him, even with Cam Gill signing. It doesn't necessarily mean that Gill is going to make this roster. He's got to come back and, and earn a spot in special teams and prove to be a, a depth piece. But, you know, injuries are going to happen, Matt. And we saw Cam Gill have a fantastic first quarter against yeah. the Dolphins <laughs> last year. The guy was on fire. And then all of a sudden he has that late Liz Frank foot injury. And is out for the year. So you you can't just sit there and say, okay, well, we've got our top four guys on the depth chart at outside linebacker, right? And and then we're set. No, because injuries are going to happen. Shaq Barrett was gone for more than half the year. Cam Gill was gone all of the year, right? So uh, you've got to have depth. And and I think out of this board here, I'm hopeful that they can add Logan Ryan, Carl Nassib, and Will Golston. Not sure what their, what their feeling is on Keanu Neal yet. I think with Greg Gaines – with that signing, right? Not that it replaces Akeem Hicks so much, but that that it replaces uh, Nacho. I, I, there's a chance that Greg yeah. Gaines could start, but I think this is that kind of guy that comes in twenty to twenty five snaps per game and uh, and helps uh, you know play a little bit next to Vitavea, but also helps some depth there at no yeah, tackle. Give him give him a break for sure. Help with stopping the run. I think the Bucks. As successful as they were uh, as a defense last season, we talked last week all about the the amount of points that they gave up, which was not a lot. 21 <laughs> points reason, in 10 yeah, games, yeah. The fact that they were able to keep the Bucs in, in many games. Yeah, maybe, maybe they just signed games to uh, keep Vita Vea happy, you know? They re-signed yeah. Pat O'Connor, and they, and they signed Greg Gaines. All yeah. uh, pretty close with, with Vita Vea. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that's a replacement for Nacho. I think in terms of re-signings, Logan Ryan, without question, is like the number one guy that should be back for yep. Tampa Bay. Happy for Mike Edwards. Obviously goes to a great team with the with the Chiefs, and we'll see what type of role he has. SMB, good for him, too. I mean, obviously there wasn't too much of a market out there, and uh, yep. you know he finds a spot in Tennessee and remains to be seen what type of role um, that he'll have. But – yeah, I, I think that closes the door on Hicks. Will Golson coming back, I, I think, is is really important. And for Cam Gill, I almost kind of think that the – and shout out to him, had a half sack in the Super Bowl, so he'll right. have that claim to fame. I can kind of see at the beginning of this season the Bucks holding on to five outside linebackers just because of the whole Shaq Barrett. Yeah, coming off the injury, that doesn't Great mean Bill's going to make the team because if they re-sign Carl Nassib and then draft a uh, an outside linebacker in this year's draft, then yeah. Cam Gill s- still could be the guy on the chopping block. Or you know, if they bring in someone else undrafted, that's right. 
funny, kind of like what Cam Gill did when he came to yeah. the Buccaneers. So, yeah, it's a nice signing for depth. I'm, I'm totally with you. There are so many injuries that happen every single season. I'm sure we'll have a cornerback that we've never heard before end up getting some playing time this year with right happened there. It happens every single season. Um, as Adam says, happy bunting is gone. What a liability. He did have his struggles. I mean, we can't deny that that wasn't the case. Um, did yeah. have a moment in Tampa Bay though. All those interceptions oh, yeah. during the Super Bowl run. Um, I understand why people are upset with him, but I'm going to choose to look at the good times when it comes to SMB. And uh, yep, if he stays healthy, and you know he's a little bit of a front runner in that when things are going well, he's playing well. Yeah, and and when you know when adversity strikes, whether it's giving up a big play, you know, then then the confidence kind of creeps, you know, a little bit, or if he gets injured, right? If if he can just kind of like play under, you know, sunny skies for a mm-hmm. full season, stay healthy, have the confidence high, he's a good player. It's just that there's a lot of ebbs and flows with Sean Murphy bunting that, you know, you really can't have. And I, I think that's why Jim Dean emerged as the better cornerback out of the two. They were drafted the same year. Yeah. Dean in the third round, Sean Murphy bunting in the second round. But Jamel Dean's just kind of like happy go lucky all the time, right? Like, like he's never in a bad mood. He doesn't seem like anything phases him. I mean, he had a terrible first game against Seattle and got embarrassed, you know, gave up a couple touchdowns. And went right to work, knew exactly what he had to do. And I think it's been a, st- a slow, steady climb for Jamel Dean. And he hasn't had those real ebbs and flows. He's had some injuries. He's gotten dinged up a little bit here and there. But when he comes back in the lineup, I, I don't think that you see a huge you know, drop in his play. Now, every game's not been stellar for Jamel Dean. He's still a young cornerback who is ascending. Yeah. But I don't think that he's had the highs and the lows like Sean Murphy Bunting has. And I think we forget SMB had a lot of tough injuries like during that Super Bowl year and especially after like, he played with two dislocated thumbs. I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah. Or he had two thumb injuries and then obviously he hyperextended his elbow in that home opener after winning the Super Bowl, that home opener against the Cowboys in Tampa. And he got hurt like early in the first quarter. So he yeah. had a lot of really difficult injuries to go through and, we're kind of seeing with Baker Mayfield. If you finally get a, an off season where you're fully healthy and you're not worried about rehabbing as opposed to just getting in, in playing shape and, and working on what you need to versus rehabbing a specific injury, that can really go yeah. a long way. So maybe going somewhere new will help Baker Mayfield and it'll help Sean Murphy bunting. It yeah. remains to be seen. So uh, this is a good point here. Baker Mayfield, number one, and having balls batted down. Um, I, I'm going to take that at face value. I don't know if that is the actual statistic. It wouldn't surprise me if it is. Baker Mayfield's what, six feet tall, six one, yeah. if that. Uh, what I like about this, though, Matt, is, is uh, Dave Canales has experience working with a quarterback who is six feet tall, yeah. right? Yeah. 5'11", whatever Russell Wilson is. And so I, I think what a great situation to come to where you've got a quarterback's coach, a guy who's been there and done that, and a passing game coordinator in Seattle working with, with Russell Wilson all those years that where he's had to, to work with that and manage that and f- create those passing lanes right in the protection scheme, those windows where Russell Wilson can throw to or roll them outside the pocket so we can have like an unobstructed view where those balls aren't going to get batted down. So, again, I think Baker Mayfield coming to a really good situation here with Dave Canales, who's got experience 
in working with a, a, a quarterback who's smaller in stature. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, we didn't see the QB waggle at all the last three seasons. Understandably, Tom Brady right. can't really move. So, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of mobility when it comes to Baker or Kyle Trask. Kyle yeah. Trask can move as well. So that's a new element that we haven't seen before with the Bucs in recent years that yeah. I'm excited to get to. Uh, Mark Fisher, a uh, consistent donator to PeterReport.com. Yeah. Says, uh, just got off of work with so many guys coming back. Does this invalidate the player poll saying the Bucks didn't take care of its players? I feel like a lot of those those polls like were all skewed negative. So yeah, I don't really know. I don't think it's yeah. gonna hold too much stock into it, but I agree. appreciate the comment nonetheless. Yeah. Uh this is a, a good one here. I don't know if I can put it up. There we go. Uh, this is Baker's sixth season, seventh head coach, seventh offensive coordinator. His journey has not exactly been a red carpet. Yeah. It, it reminds me of Blaine Gabbard, right? In, yeah. in, uh, in his journey, right? Where it's, it's every year is just something new change, you know, and it's so hard to get continuity when you're always having to, to, to change, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the playbook, the system, the, the faces, the guys you're, you're throwing to the people you're blocking or blocking for you. Um, it, it's just difficult. Rich Jr., why hasn't Shaq restructured? He's he's not team friendly. It seems suspect. No, uh, it, it has nothing to do with Shaq um, Barrett in terms of not wanting to restructure. It's just that right now he's going to be 30 years old and the team is coming off of um, you know a, a season in which he suffered a real serious injury. That Achilles injury is is tough. To overcome and and the reason why it's it might be even more tougher for a player like like Shaq Barrett to overcome that is because he's not a big guy he doesn't win with size with long arms he doesn't win with blazing speed and some ridiculous 40-yard dash time he wins with quickness off the ball he times the the, the jump he's very good at at being the first guy off the ball that's how he has to win because of his lack of size he's 6'1 250 pounds so the problem is, is when you tear your Achilles, that's your get off. Mm-hmm. And that's his calling card. So is Shaq Barrett, when he comes back, Matt, is he still going to be able to win and be the first guy off the ball? If he's not, then I dare say he goes from being a great player to being an average player. And I think the Buccaneers want to see what they have before they end up putting more money into future years yeah, if they have to years. part ways with the guy. Cause then they're trying to get out of salary cap hell right now. They knew this day was going to come $35 million worth of Tom Brady's money is hitting the cap this year. Brady's nowhere to be found. He's with his kids right now. Yeah. So what they don't want to do is they don't want to, to throw more money of Shaq Barrett's uh, into future years to where he may not be here. They want Shaq to return. They want him to be the same guy. That's why he, they paid him $18 million a year. But you got to be worth that eighteen million dollars, otherwise you're not no, on the team. Absolutely, and you talk about like the timing and everything. That's why you saw Shaq Barrett go off sides all the time uh, in his tenure in Tampa. But most of the time, he does get it right. He's the ideal pass rusher. When I think of, uh, you know, an edge rusher against an offensive tackle being kind of like yeah. a chess match or a prize fight like Shaq loves to set up different moves. I think he's got pretty good technique. He always talks yeah. about the arsenal of pass right. rushing moves. So I would hope that even if he loses a step or two, because he's getting older and he's coming off a serious Achilles injury, that yeah. he would rely on those 
arsenal of pass rushing moves to still get the job done. It does remain to be seen, though. I'm not guaranteeing that's going to happen. Yeah. Let's remember, Shaq was struggling last year before he yeah, got he injured. Had three sacks before you know he got hurt. Yeah, he was playing so, yeah. really well in that game against right. the Ravens. But I agree. The whole yeah. season. Yeah. Long lost leisure with a great novel idea here. I'm not sure JTS is going to be up for it though, but he says give Shaq JTS's Achilles. So um, he wants uh, to do an Achilles uh, tendon transplant from JTS <laughs> to Shaq. Sorry, I just thought that I was mean, funny. Yeah, who knows? Maybe technology, medical. JTS is the problem. He needs to step up. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say he's a problem, but he does need to step up. I mean, JTS is a great guy. He's not yeah. a solution at this moment. That, that's that's well said. Exactly. Yeah. So um, uh, let's see here. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? Uh, we, we I threw the, these pictures up here. It's just important for some context that uh, that you guys know that, that Greg Gaines played with Vita Vea and Joe Tronchwink at Washington. Jason Light loves his Huskies. And these guys are best friends, as you can see there. They don't hate each other. They love each other. These guys are are, <laughs> are buddies. And so is that the reason why Gaines uh, was – Greg Gaines was signed by the Buccaneers just because he's best friends with Vita Vea? No, it, he was not. I answered this question in today's Bucks uh, Monday Mailbag. But it certainly helps, right? If if um, And you saw this firsthand, Matt. You were at the press conference. Jamel Dean was just like showing nothing but love for Carlton Eddie. Davis. And really kind of taking us the backstory, not just the, the Auburn days, but the Ohio State days and even playing back in high school uh, and being roommates at the All-American game, right? These guys yeah. have known each other since their high school days. And you can see how well, and Dean talked about this, how well they play off each other, right? They're playing opposite each other and, as cornerbacks. Mm -hmm. And and that camaraderie, right, it, it just it helps. We even saw Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet they were roommates together at the Senior Bowl when Allie was a left tackle at Hobart State, uh, Hobart College, and and Donovan was a left tackle at Penn State, and and they played next to each other because that's where Marpet made his transition to the inside, to the interior, playing guard, and and those guys became best friends at the Combine, or I should say, at the Senior Bowl, mm -hmm. and they ended up being drafted by the Buccaneers. Same thing happened at the Senior Bowl with Davin Joseph, the Bucks' right guard back in the day. And Jeremy Trueblood, the Bucks' right tackle, they became best friends uh, at the Senior Bowl. So I, I'm not saying that that it it uh, that's the reason why Greg Gaines is here. No, the team likes his toughness. Uh, I was told he's a tough sob, um, good against the run, uh, emerging pass rusher. Only 26 years old, had four sacks last year, four and a half the year prior. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's an added bonus, right? If, Vita, if that's going to help yeah. give an extra pep in the step to Vita Vea, sure. Oh, with, without friend. question, I I think it can't be overlooked. Not specifically uh, Gaines reuniting with with Vita Vea, but just overall, I mean, the closeness of this locker room, the camaraderie that they built over the years, or at least since like the the Brady era and yeah. and going into this year. Like, let's remember. The Bucks went through a lot of crap. I mean, one, the COVID season, everyone did, but who ended out on top? The Buccaneers and all the right. stuff they went through. Uh, I mean, the antics at Antonio Brown pulled during the season, yeah. that could have broke a lot of other teams, you know? And then even last year with Brady leaving, when's he going to come back? Everything else in the news. I mean, he's a megastar. Yeah. And Interesting not even point. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Interesting. This this really is talking about what you're talking about here. 
Marpet retires. Donovan falls into hell. Not a coincidence. I'm not going to say that that Ali Marpet retiring is what sent Donovan Smith into a downward spiral. There was the injury plus some other things off the field. There were some personal tragedies in his life, but you know, uh, Allie was a support system for, for Donovan, you know, and, and I, yeah, I don't I mean, think that, that, the that best guards in team history. So. Yeah. They, these are just robots, people. These are football players, but they're yeah. human beings too. Right. No, a- absolutely. I, I don't know if it, like it played one season with Donovan. Yeah. It wasn't a good season. Yeah. It is a little surprising. Like we haven't heard anything on or too much on like the Donovan Smith front of like teams that are interested in him and he hasn't signed anywhere just yet. So I don't yeah. know, kind of interesting with Donovan Smith. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, well, what, what else is interesting is the fact that, um, uh, you know, I went to an age rejuvenation and I'm going to turn 51 next month. But, um, you know, some people say I don't look it. Well, that's good. Well, I don't feel it. And that's the most important thing. It's not not about how, how good you look, especially when you get into your middle age uh, people. It's it's really about how how good you feel. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with Age Rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call Age Rejuvenation today. Age Rejuvenation. There's John Gilmore. Boy, he he looks good. He's <laughs> He looks like he can still play. He's 43, but he feels like he's 33. And I'm going to be 51. I guess I'll feel like I'm 41. But, uh, folks, it's no joke. Low testosterone can, can really just sap you of your energy. It can just make you feel tired. Uh, you heard the testimonials there. Before I went to age rejuvenation, I would be falling asleep at 930 in the couch like a loser. My wife, Ashley, would be like, you know, come on. Can you at least stay up for the last 30 minutes of the movie, you know, and uh, go to the gym? And I would tap out after 30 minutes. It just was done. I was tired. And and that's because my testosterone levels had decreased. Like most men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, et cetera, it happens. But you can fight it with testosterone therapy at age rejuvenation. Right now, they're running a special $500 off your first testosterone therapy treatment. Insurance will pay for the blood work. Go to agerejuvenation.com, set up your free, no obligation, no risk consultation, and tell them Pewter Report sent you five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. And make sure you check out Age Rejuvenation. And then after that, check out all of our social media. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pewter Report. And then, of course, our YouTube channel, which we're on right now. If you're a fan of the podcast, if you're a fan of the clips uh, that we put up there, we're going to have some Baker Mayfield content coming up pretty soon. Uh, please follow us, like, and subscribe at Peter Report TV. Help us get those numbers up. We had great, great uh, interaction and uh, numbers and, and, and just involvement with the fans last week during the first week of free agency. We'd yeah. love to keep those numbers going. Yeah. And I appreciate everybody that, uh, that joins us for the show. We love you, Peter people. And just in case you're curious, I have got some purple on today. It's not because the Baltimore Ravens, it's not because the Minnesota Vikings, it's because of my Kansas state Wildcats, right? I had a good weekend folks. I had a really good weekend. 
getting to the Sweet 16, beating Kentucky on Sunday was was Wildcats absolutely phenomenal. Wildcats. It was Wildcat and Wildcat crime. And uh, the, the guys in purple, the purple people, they, they prevailed. So uh, K-State's having quite a year, Big 12 champions. And uh, and also now Sweet 16, and and so sad that KU uh, didn't make it uh, to the Sweet 16. Sorry, Jayhawks. Maybe next year. Losers and Kansas State. Yep. From the Little Apple, get to go to the Big Apple. That's right. Going to New York City. Maybe they can from, go to a local bodega. That would be pretty cool. That would be fun. From one Manhattan to the other. And actually, yeah. Marquise Noel, the little five foot seven, five foot eight point guard we have, he's from New York City. Yeah. Ish Masood. Uh, the guy who made that last second three, last minute three, is also from New York. I think we have four or five, six players from 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 New York uh, on uh, the Kansas State roster, which is really cool. Jerome Tang doing great things there. But the reason why I'm talking about my Kansas State Wildcats is because I won some money this weekend, folks, yeah, betting on my Wildcats. And you can, too. I'm not just saying bet on Kansas State because I don't know how they're, they're going to do against Michigan State. It's going to be tough. Um Will Golston and I were going to have to do a little side bet because uh, he's a Sparty. But I can tell you right now, March Madness is in full effect right now. We're down to the Sweet 16. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Whether you're filling out the brackets, whether you're betting on the eventual national championship winner, or you're simply looking for player and game props, my bookie has you covered. Getting started with my bookie is simple. Folks, I've been using my bookie. This is year five for me. It's the only place I go for online gaming. Visit the website, make your first deposit at MyBookie. Use promo code Pewter to claim your exclusive deposit bonus. That's promo code Pewter to claim some extra money on top of your initial deposit with hundreds of thousands of prizes and March Madness, plus their weekly blackjack tournaments. You can turn your game day into payday with MyBookie. Baseball is going to be starting soon. NBA is in full effect. We're getting close to the NHL playoffs. UFC fights are happening all the time. Yep. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right, that's going to do it for us on today's show. We'll have three more this week, tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday. Tomorrow's show will be on at 4 o'clock again, so uh, make sure you set your clocks to uh, that time. But until then, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Peace out. Go Cats!